What story is the world not getting? I'm Dr. Adrienne McKeon, AKA the Story Whisperer. As a creation coach, my purpose is to help humans reconnect to themselves, to each other, and to the boundless creative energy that flows through each and every one of us. By releasing our unique perspectives and relatable experiences in the form of inspirational stories, not only do we give the world a precious gift that is ours alone to give, we help them really get our core message and come to a deeper understanding of the universal wisdom within it. Are you ready to reconnect? Good, because that's allowed. Hey everyone, welcome to the That's Allowed podcast. I'm your hostess, Adrienne McKeon. And today we have a special Valentine's Day bonus episode with the lovely Sarah Weaver. Please introduce yourself, Sarah. Hi everyone, this is Sarah Weaver. I grew up in Kansas City, but I have been nomadic and working remotely for five plus years and fully nomadic for the last two. Actually, this week is my kind of one year anniversary from living abroad. Um, this time around, I've done it a few other times. And so I'm calling in from New Zealand. All right, so awesome. So I, we're doing things a little bit different today because again, this is a bonus episode. And normally I would start with the question of, you know, what story is the world not getting? But I think there's a story that uh, the world has been dealing with for a while now, of course, which is the COVID pandemic. And that has made life a really complicated for people who are single, I know, especially. And since you are a lovely single lady, I thought I would ask you to come on and talk a little bit about your experience uh, dating during COVID. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to talk about it. It's really funny here in New Zealand. We have been COVID free for really since May 2020. And so I, I think that my experience will definitely be different, but I really want today to just be lighthearted and funny. And I am, I am pretty transparent with everything that has to do with money because I'm in real estate. That's the industry that I'm in. Um, also anything traveling and working remotely and, and dating is something that I think I always allude to, but I don't think that I'm as transparent about. And so I'm happy to get uncomfortable with you today and be transparent about the lovely world of dating, especially online dating Fantastic. Just, oh gosh so fun <laughs> oh so fun right so I mean I I certainly went through my rounds on online dating I am now happily married and delightfully so but yeah I definitely remember the just the horrors of <laughs> the dating scene online <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I think everybody loves to share the the bad and the terrible and the ugly. And then I think, frankly, it like scares off people from trying it. Maybe someone's newly single. They haven't had to do it before. So they're inexperienced. Maybe they're an introvert. And so meeting strangers is already uncomfortable and like just frankly, a skill set that they, that that person might not have. Um, there's a lot of like banter that has to happen via text message. So you have to be cute, funny, and intelligent and figure out information about that person to decide if you want to meet in person. And so frankly, it's a lot of work. And so I think today I really want to focus on some of the like lighthearted, funny things 
things and the wonderful things. Cause I'm happy to say like, I've had a really great dating experience. Um, I, I also think it's really funny. We joked offline. Like I don't really like taking dating advice from single people. <laughs> it's kind of like taking like marathon running advice from someone that can't run a 5k. And so I'm actually really happy to have you chime in as a happily married person, because I think that a lot of people discount your experience. Like, Oh, you don't know what it's like to have to like be swiping on Tinder or Bumble or whatever site people are using these days. But frankly, like I think making a partnership work is actually the thing we should be focusing on and then focus less on the avenue of how that actually comes to fruition. Absolutely. So I used to be a dating coach uh, in a you know previous incarnation, and I specifically worked with people who were on the spectrum. So I was helping people who really did not understand the rules of engagement around socializing and dating and really help them to decode that stuff. So I, I come at this from, a I think, a really <laughs> unusual angle. But I think one of the most important things, like you said, you know, there's so much expectation around courtship and being able to read those signals and being able to flirt and be witty and stuff like that. And that can be actually a really fun game for people who are good at it. Yeah. To the point, I think, where sometimes people stay in the dating scene longer than they maybe should, <laughs> right? <laughs> because they're like, but I'm good at this. I could, I could keep this going indefinitely, right? And dating can be fun, absolutely. So uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the, the more fun aspects of online dating. Yeah, I, I think that the, the greatest part about dating is you learn so much about the world through that other person. So I go into most conversations thinking, okay, this person that I'm sitting across the table from or on the other side of a, a line of communication, they are an expert in something, like something that I know nothing about. And so what is that thing so that I can learn more about the world while I learn more about this person? Because frankly, the truth is, is that that person could be like in and out of my life in a week. Um, and so I might as well learn something about that person or, or from that person, I should say. And, and then the other really fun thing is you learn a lot about yourself. Like, especially on first dates, I think men are really pretty complimentary. Like, oh, wow, Sarah, you're really good at this. Or, oh, I noticed that you do this. And it's really fun because I, I know that for me, like I have a pretty strong circle of men and women that I keep in my life of all different walks of life. And they probably don't come out and say like, oh, wow, Sarah, like you're really, you ask really tough, engaging questions. And that's something that someone told me on a first date. And so I was like, oh, I didn't know that I'd do that. I, I hope you don't feel like I'm interviewing you. And he was like, no, the opposite. I actually like feel like this is the best conversation I've had like on a first date in a long time. And so like, what a cool compliment to get and something that I probably wouldn't have experienced with someone that knows me really well um, and wasn't in that situation. Yeah, so it can give you a fresh perspective on yourself. Absolutely. And I love, I love, love, love what you said about learning from everybody that you meet. I think that is such an important key that people overlook is just, this is an opportunity just to meet a new person and learn from them. Whatever happens from there on out, you had this really interesting experience with this person that you probably wouldn't have had a conversation with otherwise. So absolutely, that's, that's just brilliant right there. 
And it yeah. makes you a better listener. Like as someone that I, I talk too much, just as I cut you off, um, I, I'm a really chatty person. And so it's a really good experience to learn to shut up and listen. And it's made me a much better listener. So thank yeah. you, online dating. <laughs> I, ha- I had the same experience. The, the experience of dating was the experience of, okay, shut up for a minute and learn about this other person because you get into your spiel. It's like, you know, oh, okay, I've got my little performance. Like, here's my persona. I'm going to show you all the best things about me. Like I always call it the storefront window. You know, it's like you take all the good stuff and you just set it up in this little storefront window, right? And so you're like, okay, you want to come in because here's all the great stuff that you're going to find inside. But when you kind of let go of that and just focus on active listening and genuinely being there and like learning about this person, you discover, like you said, you discover not just stuff about them, but you discover things about yourself and you learn things about yourself. Like you said, you can get, it's not just compliments though. Like you find in relation to different people, if you genuinely are relating to them kind of in the moment, you discover things about yourself. It's a really neat thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it really forces us to be more intentional. So so just the other month, I, I went on a first date with a guy and it was going really well. We were laughing and it was it was just a really great first date. And at the very end of the date, he asked if he could see me again. And thank goodness, I actually did want to see him again because a, a lot of times they ask and you're like, oh gosh, how do I get out of this? Awkward. Um, but this one I did, I, I did want to see him again. And he said, great, but I have to ask you, are you looking for something serious? And my internal dialogue is like, say no, say no, say no. Like, don't tell him that you're looking <laughs> don't for Don't scare him off. Gonna, yeah, don't scare him off. And I said, yeah, actually I am looking for something serious. And he goes, good, me too. And then gave me a peck on the cheek and that was it. And like the day ended. And, and I just was like kind of proud of myself as I walked home, like, all right, I like did, I, I was true to myself and it paid off. And I, now I'm like not yeah. wasting my time. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's actually a great question to ask on a first date. Like, are you looking for something serious? I think people are so, um, so used to having to hide their true intentions. Right. And it can get really exhausting trying to figure out like, who do I need to be for you to like me? Right. Doing the little dance of like, what's going to get you to call me again? What's going to get me a second date? Right. And I think you're absolutely right that it's better not to waste anybody's time. It's better to be totally upfront, super transparent. I always really appreciated it actually. Like if I'm on a date with a guy and he just tells me like right up front, like I'm literally just looking to get laid. I'll be like, great. Um, you have a drink. I'm going to go. Thank you for not wasting my time. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think that that's, it, it's funny as you talk about wasting time, I went on a date recently and the whole time I was sitting there, I was like going through my to-do list and I was like, okay, this is clearly not a love match. Um, and I do feel like I'm wasting my time. And so I think it's a good reminder to be a little more, wouldn't say like weed them out. I don't know if that's the right term, but like I should have asked better questions before agreeing to the first date. Um, and so sometimes I don't even take my own advice and I waste my own time by not like kind of weeding someone out before I meet them. Yeah. I think we can all learn to do that better, not just in dating, but in general, just figuring out, asking enough questions, getting enough information in advance before we say yes or no to something to figure out, is this something that's really worth my time and energy right now? And especially I think, you know, 
right now we have this sense, at least some of us <laughs> have this sense that like we have not enough time and too much time at the same time. And we never know like what we should be spending our energy on or where we should be spending our time because we're out of our usual routine and we don't have the usual sense of like, well, this is important and this is urgent. <laughs> yes. It's like everything seems important and urgent and nothing does. So I think this is a great time to actually just really check in with your priorities and figure out whenever something comes along, like, is this where I really want to be spending my energy? right now. Absolutely. And I think there's two like action steps that the audience can walk away with. I think it's called a yes and no list. And I think that you should make a yes. If you're single, you should make, I mean, even if you're in a relationship, but you should make a yes and no list for what you're looking for in a partner. And like, these are things that I want to say yes to, and that make me feel good. And then these are things that make me want to say no. And I want to stay away from, and you got to be honest with yourself. Like don't cut yourself short but then also maybe have a trusted friend look over that list and be like, okay, girlfriend, like you're being, your standards are way too high <laughs> and like no human can like accomplish what's on your list. Um, and then also do the same exact thing. I took inventory. Gosh, it's probably been, it was probably May of last year um, as like the world started opening, sorry, as New Zealand started opening up again. And I kind of went reemerged into civilization after, after our about nine week lockdown. And I made a yes and no list. And so I took inventory of things that brought me joy, made me more productive, um, kind of created this, like, who does Sarah want to be? And are these action steps making me that person? So like one thing, for example, that I cut out was I cut out grabbing my phone very first thing in the morning. Um, and now ask me how long that lasted. I'm definitely back into that nasty habit. <laughs> um, but I made an effort and, and now that I'm going on air and talking about it again, I should probably commit to that activity again. <laughs> um, but, but other things that I got rid of was reality TV. I even took inventory of my friends and who I like allowed to take up my time and do zoom calls with and WhatsApp messages. And I really just took inventory of like, yes, this is serving me and no, this isn't. And obviously like buying too much snack food that went on the no list. And I frankly cut it out. And I can proudly say almost a year later that that's something that's not in my life anymore. And so I think that creating that yes and no list is so important. And then you got to revisit it because mm -hmm. does anyone else find that? Like when you do a goal setting session, you're like, okay, I'm going to read 20 books in 2021. I'm going to walk 10,000 steps a day. And the reality is, is like, okay, those are both really important activities, but are they important to who you really want to become? Or are you just doing that because you feel like the internet is telling you that that's what you should do. And so I think you need to check in with yourself every quarter and make sure is my yes and no list still relevant to the Sarah that I am right now and the Sarah that I want to be tomorrow. This actually reminds me of a great dating story. <laughs> so I had this friend, uh, Ideen, who I absolutely adore. And we dated for a little while, but it was really clear that like we were better as friends. And this wasn't really, you know, the it for, for either of us. And so then he came to me with like, you know, the girls that he was dating and was, you know, asking for advice and stuff. And so I kind of became his like, you know, <laughs> like best friend helping him out through this. And he was like, okay, so yeah. So I'm seeing this gal and like, you know, she's like, it's, I, I feel like I should like her, you know, more than I do. 
And it's like, I'm wondering if I should give her, you know, another chance. And I was like, hey, Dean, if it's not a fuck yes, it's a fuck no. Okay. And he was like, oh. <laughs> and like two weeks later, he writes to me and he's like, I found my fuck yes. And they're married. They have a kid. And I was like, yeah, dude. Cause that's the thing. It's like, you have to find your fuck yes. That person that just makes you go, oh yeah, this is it. Like I'm not, because if you settle for less, then you end up with less. And I totally get the thing of like, okay, you have to make your standards realistic. But at the same time, I really want to encourage people to think about like, what are those, you know, maybe top five things, like the things that you value, like the most where it's like, no, these are my must haves. Like if, if, if this person is not like sane, fit, you know, like <laughs> financially stable, you know, whatever it is, that's like super important to you, like find those things and like, don't compromise on that stuff. Don't compromise on that stuff because you, what you put up with, you end up with. Ooh, I love and then that. there you are. Exactly. You're non-negotiables. Yeah. Everyone, you should have non-negotiables in everything, but probably even more importantly with the person that you're going to hopefully spend the rest of your life with or spend the majority of your time with. Yeah. Or even just because, spend like a month of your life with, right? Like don't yeah. waste a month of your life on someone that you know is not right for you. You know, yes. like that month is precious. You could have been spending that month learning a, another language. I don't know, something. <laughs> Yeah. Or just being happy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I think life is so hard. Like I think you and I both are incredibly positive people. I think we have a lot of fun in the little things in life and the big things in life. But the, at the end of the day, life is really hard. And yeah. so don't make it harder by being with someone that you're not stoked about. Or who makes you feel like you're difficult to love. I mean, yes. that's a really big one for me. It's like, if you're with someone that you have to convince them that you're worth it, get out of there. Get out of there. I wrote a whole book about this called Enough, where it's like, you just have to like recognize there's somebody out there who is going to absolutely adore you exactly the way that you are. And you're going to adore them the way that you are. They are like, there may be things that you would like encourage them to look at, you know, but at the, <laughs> at the end of the day, like you will always love them just the way they are because of who they are you know? Exactly. And, and their, their flaws or their shortcomings are things that you can live with because you're not going to change them. Exactly. You Especially if you're cannot. listening to this podcast and you're older than 25, like that person that you are dating is maybe a little bit malleable, but they ain't changing. They are who they are. They might change for themselves. You know, if they realize that a, a change needs to happen, but they ain't never going to change for anybody else, nor should they, because that's yeah. not the way that life works right? Your life is not a democracy. Nobody else gets a vote, even your partner. Like you are you and you decide these things. And so if you come into a relationship thinking, oh, this person's perfect, except this one thing I'm going to change, mm -mm. get out of there. You yeah. are not going to change that thing, whatever that thing is. Well, and I think, I think it goes to say that it's, it, it's a mirror. And so you also need to look in the mirror and say, am I someone that I would want to date? And, and be really honest about the things that are you going to attract a life partner with the things that you do and say and believe? Absolutely. So yeah, you, for example, like you've created this amazing financially stable 
like situation for yourself, right? Congratulations. That's amazing. So many women, I think in particular are looking for somebody who's financially stable because they just don't see that in the cards for them. Right. Mm. They think, oh, it's just way too difficult for me to, you know, become financially stable and independent on my own. So I need to find someone who's going to support me. And that really, really narrows your options, first of all. And second of all, like you said, would you want to date someone who's just dating people for financial stability? I wouldn't. Yeah, it's really interesting. I immediately think of a couple that I know and they really fit that like traditional mold of the like husband and the wife. So the husband goes to work and the woman stays home and provides for her family. And frankly, I think it really works for them. Like, I think they're both incredibly happy. And so if you're the woman that you just described that wants to be with someone that's financially stable, then you're probably going to have to be really intentional about finding a man who views a partnership that way. Right. Um, and maybe move to the Midwest, hint, hint. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that that's there. Um, and whereas for me, like that would never work for me. Um, that wouldn't make me happy. That wouldn't be the type of person that I would be attracted to, but nothing wrong with that. Like that, like good for you if that's what works for you, you just probably have to be really intentional. Just like I'm intentional on the opposite side. Like I'm not really going to date. I joke and this doesn't, this isn't, this is a meant to be a joke, but I, I don't date a med student. I date a doctor. And so I, I'm not looking for someone who's like an undecided major trying to figure out their life. Um, I want someone that's like pretty clear on their path. Could they be struggling? Could they be in the startup years? Of course but I'm not really looking for a passion project. Yeah. Yeah. And to be clear, like, I, I'm, I'm not trying to like uh, shit on anybody's uh, values. It's mm. like, it's important to you. Same. But at the same time, I, what I'm saying is maybe take a look at what are the things that I'm looking for in a partner? Are those anything, are, is there anything there that I could just do for myself? Like, can oh, I, I create for myself this situation that I'm expecting a partner to create for me. And if you can do that, the more you can do that, I think the better your chances become of finding someone that you can just absolutely adore exactly as they are, because you're not looking for someone to fill in the gaps for you. Yes. I love that. And, and I think also one mistake that I've made um, that I would love for people to learn from is I relied too much on my partner emotionally and I wouldn't say financially, that wouldn't be like quite a fair representation, but I definitely like, for example, he would come home and I would just like unleash my bad day on him. And I was not self-aware enough to realize like mm, some of those conversations like should have been shared with my manager at work. So that it actually was productive and solving a problem should probably be shared with my best girlfriend. Um, who gives really good advice, um, should probably be shared with my mom, who I love and trust. But instead, I was looking at this one human to wear like five different hats and to like tell me that I looked good and pretty and loved. And it was, it was just my expectations for that poor man were way too high. And I, I'm now glad to say that I can like look back in self-reflection and I don't do that anymore. And I have like, I think everyone kind of has like, you know, you have the friend that you love to like get silly drunk with. You have the friend that you love to go to concerts with. You have the friend that you like love just walking around Target with. And those probably aren't the same three people. 
Um, or maybe they are, but for me, they're not. And so like, there's someone that I talk about business. There's someone that I talk about with boy, you know? And so I think that that's something to make sure, like, are you putting too much pressure on your own relationship? And is that why it's failing? Absolutely. Uh, my friend, my lovely friend, Stephanie, who actually did my Valentine day, day uh, episode last year, <laughs> Uh, always loves to talk about her three guy theory that, you know, you need at least three guys in your life. You need one to travel with, you need one to like, you know, for companionship on the everyday level. And then you need the guy who just like gives you the fire in your loins. Right. Well, uh, amazing. If you can find all of those things in one person, but a lot of us need a best friend <laughs> to do some of that stuff. Yes. <laughs> we need a therapist or we need a counselor or somebody, you know, and I think it's really, it's a really smart thing to recognize that you do need these different people, especially right now. I think there's a lot of burden being put on partners when they're quarantined together. And so I really want to like, not, not just single people, this has been a hard time for everybody in so many ways. And so if you are realizing that your relationship is really strained right now, and that this might be a really difficult time for you guys to get through, I know it's really hard to not be able to miss somebody because they're always there. <laughs> so really find ways to do your own thing. Even if you're stuck in the same like studio apartment together, take your time to have your me time. Yes. Let, let your partner have their time to have their me time. Encourage them to have their own projects and their own people. You know, I think that stuff is really, really important. And I, I mean, I absolutely adore my guy and like, I would spend 24 seven with him if I could, but then I know that like, it would, it would be problems. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we, we do this thing where every day that we can, we go for a walk together. And that walk is the time where we really like connect and have quality time and like decompress and talk about things. But you know, when we're working, like we're working, we don't stop and chat. Like he's got his stuff going on and I've got my stuff going on. And even though we share an office, like we try to keep that, <laughs> that kind of cubicle wall up of like, you're working on your stuff right now. And I respect that. And I think, you know, one thing I could really advise everybody to do right now is create a social life for yourself. Even if you're stuck inside, Zoom with people, chat with people, call people, do all those things, you know, and not just social media. Don't just like post to a bunch of people, like have actual real social time with people that you care about. Be intentional well, about it. And that's really good advice for single people. So one thing that I, I've kind of noticed is it used to be back in the day, even in my childhood, and I, I just turned 31. And so in my childhood, I was best friends with my neighbor, Kim, like shout out, hey, Kim. And then when high school came around, we kind of went separate ways. Nothing dramatic or negative happened, but she got a different group of friends and different hobbies. And I got a different group of friends and different hobbies. And then I had a different group of friends. But then as I got older and my like hobbies and interests changed, this incredible thing came available to us called the internet. So I could literally go online and find entrepreneurial women who love to travel. Like, how cool is that? So I joined that Facebook group and then I actually like met them in person and now have like three best friends that I talk to every single week for years, even though we live in different parts of the world. 
And then I did the same exact thing, but expanded to a non-women's only group. And I met with entrepreneurs who are making six figures or more who love to travel or want to live like a large and international life. And I'm hoping that like through more and more connections like this, I'm surrounding myself with people that I want to emulate and secretly hit an agenda. I'm really hoping that I meet a guy. Because how cool would it be to have my life partner have a lot of the same beliefs that I do and the interests? One thing that I really struggled with living in the States, especially in the Midwest, was guys just like were not like privy to my lifestyle. And so for those listening, I have been nomadic for five years. Right now I'm like living in communal space in New Zealand. I have a van that I travel with on the weekends. I work completely from my MacBook. And so I'll never forget and when I was in a relationship with someone and I just saw it as like lighthearted dating, I was working on a reno project in Kansas and just really wanted companionship. And he said to me, Sarah, I'm, I'm falling in love with you, but I think you're going to leave. And immediately in my head, I'm like, well, yeah, I, I am going to leave and you can come with me. But I, I mean, I know you're not going to because that's not your lifestyle. And it was a huge wake up call that I was like, wow, like I'm not being fair to this person who's like clearly catching feels and I have total different agenda. Um, and so I really started being more purposeful of like saying no to guys that didn't want the same things that I have. And so circling back to what I started on is we can find people that are interested in the same things as us. So like I'm obsessed with the game Settlers of Catan. I think it would be really cool to like find a group of people that also love that game. I love reading books on travel. So I'll join a book club that does that. Whatever like your thing is, the internet is there to like help you find people that are into it, even in a time of pandemic and COVID where you're quarantined to your house. Absolutely. I think that's such great advice. It, just in dating in general great advice is to spend more time doing the things that you love doing because then you will meet people who also love doing those things you if you really are putting your time and energy into the things that you value you will inevitably find people who value those things and be able to you know really connect with them and that is the best way to find someone who's a good, who's compatible with you. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that going back to what you were talking about, when you and your partner do a good job of spending time apart, there's no better investment that you can make than in yourself. Absolutely. Because also if your partner's doing the same thing and they're constantly investing in himself and he's trying to get better, like, doesn't that pay tenfold to your relationship and make him more attractive to you, make him more attracted to you and vice versa. I just think it's so beautiful when people take the time to invest in themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. So what advice would you give? So there, you know, people who are like stuck in, in quarantine, stuck inside their houses, um, you know, feel scared to go on actual dates <laughs> right now. What advice can you give them in terms of how to just meet and spend time with interesting prospects? Whew, that's a really hard one. And I, I feel bad because frankly, I can't sympathize with a lot of people because you no, know, like we've been COVID free here in New Zealand for a really long time. Um, I did a nine week lockdown and that was it and then like was released back into the wild. 
And, and so I think you have to first check in with yourself and find out your comfort level. So I know some of my friends are going like socially distanced dates and that's working for them. I know other friends that are like just choosing to like spend a lot of time texting someone on a dating app, finding out how much exposure that person is having to the outside world and then deciding if they can go on a date with that person. Um, but I really think like right now is the best time to do exactly what we just talked about, which is invest in yourself. So really take heed in the fact that you should come out of this pandemic a better version of yourself. Am I saying that because I think like everyone's, you know, just constantly working on self-improvement and everything's happy? No, I definitely, I hear my friends. I hear the anxiety in their, in their lives and in their voices. And I know that this has been really hard. And so I don't want to be empathetic. I don't want to like not be sympathetic. Um, but I do think that sometimes you just got to dust yourself off and realize that like, this isn't going to get any better anytime soon. And so figure out what your comfort level is and then make an effort to meet people online. Like I just said, like join a running group, join a like people who love craft beer in Portland, like whatever your like thing is, just start meeting people online because there's not really much else you can do from my understanding. I guess, tell me if that's wrong. No, that's very true. And I would say, don't, you know, limit yourself to what exists, create something, right? If you are super passionate about, you know, writing about greenhouses, I don't know, then create a group for people who love to write about greenhouses, you know, like, <laughs> find those people, put yourself out there, project your, you know, your little bing, bing signal out into the universe and see what comes back, you know? I love that. Manifest it, guys. Manifest. Yes, absolutely. So speaking of which, let's, let's do a little exercise here. So okay. I'm going to take you into your ideal partnership. Okay. Ooh, okay. So I want you to close your eyes for a moment. Okay. okay. And I will wave my magic wand and you are now in your perfect ideal partnership. And I want you to wake up. It's first thing in the morning and look over and here's your partner next to you. And just tell me what you see. Ooh, okay. <clears throat> so I wake up, I'm going to open my eyes. So yep. I wake up and he immediately just makes me feel like at ease. Um, I don't feel like I have to like, you know, what, what's that, uh, marvelous Mrs. Maisel where she like sneaks out oh. of bed and does, ever, does her hair and makeup and then gets back into bed. I, I love that movie or that show. Um, so I immediately feel like no matter what craziness my face and my hair and my terrible morning breath are doing, like I'm, I'm like feeling like, okay, I'm loved. Um, and I can just show up in the world how I am. Like, this is the one safe space in my life where I don't have to put on a face. I don't have to put on lipstick. I don't have to have a ring light. I can just be who I am. Um, so that's like the first feeling that Take I have. Breath there. Take a deep breath there. Feel that you are loved completely, exactly as you are. Everything you do. And it's not just, and I can tell you, I have this. So this, this is not a, an unrealistic expectation. Okay. This guy he thinks I look amazing in like flannel pajamas. Okay. I got rid of all my lingerie. I threw it away. I got rid of all of it because he thinks I look amazing in freaking flannel pajamas. Okay. So he thinks you look gorgeous first thing in the morning. 
your hair is perfect as far as he's concerned. You look amazing. And he just looks at you. And I want you to see that look on his face where he's looking at you like you are just the most gorgeous, perfect, amazing thing he's ever seen in his life. And just soak that in for a second. And I felt it. Like that's the really, like, I love that you, I love that you bring that up because yes, this is possible. And frankly, I'm not going to settle for less. Mm -hmm. Do I think that it comes easily? Heck no. I think you have, I think you, you make a choice every day to love that person. I think everyone thinks, I shouldn't say that. I think some people think that love and marriage is something that you should feel all the time. And I frankly think that's why divorce is so kind of like the, the easy choice for a lot of people is because they think like, wait, shouldn't this be fun? And absolutely life should be fun, but it's, it's hard. Like life is hard and marriage I think is harder. Here's my feeling about it. I see love as a, an active verb. It's not something you fall into and then like, oops, fall out of, right? It's something you create as a team and living your hard life together is what that activity is. So whatever comes up, like, yeah, hard stuff's going to come up. But if you look at it as a fun game that you guys play as a team together, that's going to get you through it. If you look at it as marriage is hard and, and relationships are hard, then it's like you're pitting yourselves against each other. Mm, relationships yes. are fun. Relationships are easy as long as you guys are on the same team and you're dealing with all the hard crap that comes up in life as a team. Yeah. And I love that. So I, I approached a friend of mine and I asked her like, is marriage hard? And she was like, not really. She's like my, her name's Lizzie. And she was like, honestly, like we have so much fun together. And sometimes when we hear people say marriage is hard, we like, are like, wait, are we doing something differently? Like, yeah, how, like doing it wrong? how did, how are we doing this so well? And then, so I took that, so I took that same conversation. I took it to my friend, Laura, who's been with her boyfriend I'm now husband for gosh. I mean, I joke that they've been together since they were like 12 and she's so funny. And she said, Oh, she goes, it's funny. I've talked to my husband about this. And I one time shouted in our tiny apartment, like, Hey, is being married to me hard? And he goes, Nope, not really. And she goes, yep. Cause I'm a fucking gym to be married to. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that because I think she's like, I think that he's right. Like he's not lying. He would tell her if like, it was hard. And I think both of them are really good examples of choosing the partner that was right for them. They, they, both of their couple, both of their lifestyles are completely aligned with their partner. They want the same things. They all, they all have a hilarious sense of humor and, and they really value each other. And what's really cool is like, when I visit them, I usually stay at their house because they live out of state. And so I get to see their whole routine. Maybe it's a little different because of course I'm present, but I like, I look over and I'm like, gosh, they like really love each other. And like, you feel it. And like, and I'm lucky to say that my parents have that. Like, I feel it when I'm in their presence. Like they freaking love each other. And even when it's hard or in their cases, I guess it's not hard, but I think that's because they make a choice every day. Yeah. There's a great study that they did where they had um, newlywed couples come in and they actually observed them in the lobby, like with, you know, video cameras. Mm. And then they had them come in and, you know, ask them some interview questions, but it was actually what they did in the lobby that they were most interested in. 
And then they tracked those couples over time and they like predicted with, I think, 90% accuracy who was going to stay together and who was going to get divorced. And it was because they could figure it out just by when someone would make a bid for the other person's, you know, energy or attention, did that person enthusiastically turn toward them and engage or not? And that's the whole freaking thing. That's what relationships are. It's like you make a bid, say, hey, look, there's a bird outside. And either your partner goes, what? Cool. You know, where? Let, let me see. <laughs> or they're like, uh-huh, I'll be with you in a minute. I love that. And, and that's the whole thing. It's like you, you, you make that effort. And that's what the verb of love is, is care. Do you care enough about this person to show your care and care for them and care with them for what they care about. Now you don't have to be as passionate about, you know, like if you're, let's say your husband's really into football and you could not care less about football. Like you don't have to sit there and watch the games and do the whole thing with them. Right. But when they come to you all excited about football, don't shut them down. You know, don't say, I don't know anything about football. I don't want to talk about this. You just go, oh my gosh, you're so excited about this. That's awesome. I love how excited you are about this. Just celebrate their passion around things. Yes. And and don't like, that makes me so excited. Like I too am like, I really like football. Kansas City Chiefs are headed to the Super Bowl. By the time this airs, hopefully we have won. And, (laughs) and, but like, I want to be with someone who is enthusiastic about something. It doesn't need to be what I'm enthusiastic about. It's probably, life is probably more interesting if they're into something I'm not into. Um, But isn't that the kind of person that you want to be with? Like that, like I just pictured that relationship that you just like described. And I'm like, I want that. Like I want someone that is so stoked on something that it bleeds into that enthusiasm bleeds into my life. And that's really what I'm looking for because like we only get so many trips around the sun and I want to be with someone that's excited to be living life with me. All right. So let's bring you back into that. You're with this man and he's so passionate. He's so enthusiastic. He's so excited. So he sees you, he adores you, but he's got to jump up and get his day going because he's got the fire in his belly right? So he gets up, he's doing his thing. What is that guy up to? Um, whatever he does professionally, like really does fuel him. Mm -hmm. And so it's so funny. I told my mom, gosh, years ago, we were sitting in the car, we were driving from Kansas to Iowa. It was a long car ride. And I, we were just joking about like what professions we think would be a really good partner. So we were, we were being silly. We said, oh, uh, investment banker, no, a pilot so that they can fly you around. No, a plastic surgeon so that we could get free work done. No, no, a dentist. Cause then we'd have really nice teeth and they don't work very many hours, but they make good money. And I said, you know what? I think I really want to be with a real estate developer. I like really find that industry interesting. And I think they could make their own hours. They'd make a ton of money and we can like look at something and be like, I built that. And I love it. My mom turned to me and she said, why don't you become a real estate developer? (laughs) And so I think that whatever my like partner does for his life, he's really into it and it bleeds into probably everything. Um, Just like my Instagram account is just like an infusion of travel and real estate um, because that's my life. Like that's what I talk about. That's what I do. It's who I am. 
Um, and, and that's important to me. So whatever industry he's in, it's like definitely his thing. He hasn't settled for anything less than something he's excited about. And heck, he could be excited about computer programming or Bitcoins or being a nurse. Like, I don't frankly really care what it is as long as he doesn't bring home the garbage every day and just like, oh, I hate my boss. I hate my company. Like, I, I don't have time for that. And that's not the partner I am. And that's not the partner I'm looking for. So let's just say so that you can really picture this, that he is in fact a real estate developer. You both do that for a living. You don't necessarily work, you know, as, as a, a team or a partnership, but you both do this and are both really successful at it, okay? So I want you to see that he's really excited about a deal that has just gone through. And so you guys are gonna celebrate. What is it that you're gonna do to celebrate this? So in non-COVID times, or maybe here in New Zealand, we are going to head out to his favorite restaurant and the bartender is going to welcome us because he knows us and he's going to pour our drink or make sure, hey, Sarah, you want to, you want a mezcal? Yes, 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 I do. Um, and, <laughs> and we are going to really be present. So maybe we have our phones with us because we're not ridiculous. We're not going to leave our phones at home, but, but we're not, that's not who we are. We're not, our phones aren't on the table. We don't really give a crap what else anyone else is doing because like we really enjoy each other's company. One of my love languages is quality time. And I've had the most success with partners that either really know that and appreciate that. And, and probably even more success with someone who's their love language is also quality time. Um, and so I think that that to me, like with a great cocktail and hopefully a great view in New Zealand and great views are like everywhere. Um, but really just like connecting together, that's the most important thing. And so if it has to be at home in the time of COVID, then like, hopefully we have all the right ingredients. Absolutely. Yeah. Quality time is huge for me. So let's talk a little bit about love languages since you brought that up. I think it is so useful and important to know what says love to you and to figure out what your partner's love language is so that you know how to communicate love effectively to them. Because you can be with someone, you know, who, so for example, I was with this guy for a while and he was, his love language was acts of service. And so he was constantly doing these things that I didn't ask him to do, right? To show me that he cared and it was just frustrating to me because it was like, okay, A, I didn't really ask you to do this. And B, I would have much rather that you spent that time just with me. <laughs> like you spent all this time, like fixing my car or doing this or doing that, that like, I didn't really ask you to do. And, you know, instead we could have, you know, gone for a long walk together. <laughs> yes. So, so I think first let's, let's tell the audience the five love languages. So it, it's a book by, is it Gary Campbell, I believe. And, and there's an online quiz that you can take. It's like 15 minutes long. And so I highly recommend taking it. And okay. So the five love languages are quality time, mm -hmm. acts of service, like you mentioned, words of affirmation, giving and receiving gifts and physical touch. Mm -hmm. And so I think acts of service is usually the one that's like the most misunderstood. So I love that you talked about like him fixing your car or for me, it might be like making my morning coffee, which I love for my future husband out there. That's like, I love that. 
Um, and so I love to tell the story of how actually taking this quiz, like changed my relationship with my mom. And if she's likely going to listen to this, cause she's one of my biggest fans. And I actually don't know if I've ever talked to her about this. So I'm excited to share this with you and her. So we took this and my two love languages are quality time and words of affirmation. So like, just like you, if you spend time with me and we go on a walk and you tell me that you're proud of me or that I look good or that I did a good job, like whew, I'm, I'm on cloud nine. Hers are physical touch and acts of service. So how this plays out is if I visit her, um, which happens now, not very often, but it used to happen once or twice a year. And if I visit her and we have dinner together, usually takeout because neither her or I like to cook, but we'll put the things on plates so that we don't like, we're not eating out of the plastic bowls sometimes. So we put the things on plates and we eat dinner and she checks her phone because she loves her social media. And then when dinner ends, she immediately wants to clear the table. And she's probably a little irritated with me that I don't jump up and do the dishes. But what do I want? I want to pour another glass of wine and I keep wanting the, I keep the, I want to keep the conversation going because I want to spend more time with my mom. She's like one of my favorite people. I think she's hilarious. She's insightful. I love speaking with her and to be with her in person is really a treat because of my lifestyle. But the whole time she's like looking at the dishes and they are driving her like absolutely mad. So what does she do? She gets up and she starts doing the dishes. She can't hear me over the running water. She's annoyed with me that I'm not helping her. I'm annoyed with her that she's not having another glass of wine with me. And it just turns into this tension that really doesn't need to happen because instead what I should do, instead of expecting her to change, I should jump up, help her with the dishes, make sure that she has a full glass of wine. And then we should sit back down immediately after the dishes are done. And I think that that is because I've took this silly little online quiz about love languages. Yeah, love languages are like you said. I've I've had that experience in so many relationships where I suddenly realized, like, oh, this isn't working because they're trying to show me love in this way that I'm not hearing it, and I'm trying to show them love in a way that they're not getting it. Yes. So can be so useful. Now I want to just take you back one more time to your your ideal perfect life here. You said you, he's going to make you coffee, so of course you've got your you know your your cup of coffee, right? You guys have, <laughs> he told you that, you know, you're going to celebrate tonight. You're going to go out. You're going to have this amazing time, but right now I want you, you're both going to go down and uh, make breakfast together. And so I want you to describe to me what, what that experience is for you of making breakfast with this perfect partner in this perfect house in your perfect life. Okay. Um, so because I'm in real estate, I know exactly what the house looks like, um, yeah. depending on, I guess, depending on what house we're in and what part of the country, but we have a ton of natural light coming in. We have a view of some kind. It doesn't really matter to me if it's mountains or, or beach. Um, but we, we have a beautiful view and a ton of natural light and the energy just feels calm. Like the, the like stress of my to-do list hasn't hit me and same with him. I feel like he's got this. I actually had a really great partnership years ago where, um, I packed his lunch and he made breakfast because I can make a sandwich and about nothing more than that. And he was a really good cook. 
And so we had this like really great routine and, you know, just like the small, I think his love languages were words of affirmation and physical touch. And, and he would tell me like, like, Hey, I really appreciate that you like bought the nicest, whatever for my lunch or, Oh, I didn't, I noticed that you got that. I, I really like that. So like noticed the, the, the effort that I made and, and said something about it. And then don't you love like when you're doing the dishes or you're just anywhere and you just get like an arm touch mm. or a like squeeze or like a hip bump or all oh, the best, like a hug from behind, just like, Hey, I'm here. And I like adore you. And yeah, how good is that? He's wrapping his arms around you. You're getting that back hug. You're getting that. You can feel the breath just right here. Mm-hmm. And maybe he even whispers a little something in your ear. Yeah. It's just the best. And it's effort. I shouldn't say effortless because I think you make a decision to do these things, but it like, when you see that person, you're like, Oh, I immediately want to wrap my arms around that person. It's like not a chore. Yeah. I, again, I just don't feel the effort of it. Like it flows for me so easily. And I think part of that is just the, the habit and the commitment, you know, once something's a habit, it's really easy and you don't think about it. And so if you're in the habit of showing someone that you adore them, like that, it becomes natural. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it's not work. It's like, yeah, it's so fun to, to walk up behind somebody and wrap your arms around them and tell them how much you love them because you know how well that's going to be received and that you're going to get the exact same thing back in return. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So we're about to wrap up here, but I just want to say like, what's, what do you think is the main kind of message or takeaway uh, for the listeners today? How can you uh, create love in your life right now, whether you are in quarantine or not? Ooh, I love it. Create love. Is that for another person or for yourself? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I think that I immediately answer the question with, if you, you got to love yourself, mm-hmm. like you got to love yourself with like the good, the bad and the ugly, because there's no one harder on you than yourself. And people can feel it. Like I can feel it when I go on a date with someone and I'm like, that guy does not love himself. Like he's yeah. got a lot of baggage and a lot of issues. And I don't really want him to unpack his luggage in my life. And so I think the very first thing that people can do when they end this episode is grab a piece of paper and write down three things that they like about themselves. And some days it's my hair and some days it's my attitude and some days it's an accomplishment that I have, but it doesn't really matter. The act is more important. So write down three things that you love about yourself. Yes. And of course, make that yes, please, no, thank you list yes. to clarify exactly what you're looking for and what you're not going to put up with. <laughs> Absolutely. So I talk a lot about that in uh, the latter half of my book, Enough. So you guys can check that out. But where can the people at home find you, Ms. Sarah Weaver? Yes. So Sarah D. Weaver has been monopolized um, everywhere on the internet. So LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, those are probably the best places to find me. And so it's just Sarah D. Weaver. I'm sure we'll have a link in the notes, but if anyone wants to reach out, especially any eligible real estate developers, no, <laughs> then like reach out um, because I think the world can be as small as you make it. 
Thank you so much, Sarah. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you so much for being here to witness that. After all, a story with no audience to receive it is like a plant with no soil to take root in. If you found this episode worthwhile, please pass it on. And if you've got a story the world just isn't quite getting, I'm here to help. Check out my website, thatsallowed.com, to get your free ideal scene meditation and start releasing your masterpiece today.